You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, our 2015 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre, adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. I'm David Alt, and with Jack Ward, we are your hosts. Welcome to the Playhouse. Welcome Sonic Society members to Sonic Summerstock Playhouse this muggy summer evening. As you can tell at EV Productions, we've been busily working away this summer. Let me give you a little idea of what's been going on. I have just spent the last 10 days working on the complete remake of the EVP website. As of right now, it still keeps blowing up the server and I have no idea why. Year Zero of Biff Straker and Spaceways is in the middle of post-production. Our plan is to begin the exciting series with at least two episodes a month starting in September. Michael Stokes has turned in Gate Episode 1 and it sounds awesome. Gate Remastered will be available in EVP and the EVP podcast found at dramapod.com by the end of the year. My adaptation of the amazing comic, Dead Ahead, is now completed for Colonial Radio Theatre and will be available to purchase through all your usual places like Amazon or Audible in a week or two. I've heard the show, it's fantastic, and it's a zombie apocalypse, so what more do you want? Bookcraft.org is just starting out. More on that next week. But it's one of our new projects. Both Ginny and I have been working with Rob Patterson of Kung Fu Action Theater fame to help out writers of ebooks and audiobooks. And of course, the writing continues as I finish a Wavefront episode for Halloween and continue on with Biff Straker Year One for next season, not to mention the long awaited reboot of Graveshift, your own Philippa Graves, as promised. You know, even now, I'm finishing the free audiobook short narrated by none other than our own David Alt of my own short story, Witch Hunt. Links will be on the feed, and if people are interested, you know, maybe I'll get a trailer for the Sonic Society made. So lots going on, and we're only halfway through the summer. I promise more announcements with exciting new projects, including... Some new writing software I've been developing, too. How cool is that? In the meantime, what would Sonic Summerstock Playhouse be without a production from the great folks at Broken Sea? When Lothar Tuppen told me that he would like to provide a recreation of the famous Bickerson series, I was thrilled. So without further ado, let's take a moment from typing and writing, lower the lights, and enjoy another great night out at the Playhouse.
What a day. And with both me and my wife working late, looks like another dinner of sandwiches. Ugh. I need to relax. Maybe I should listen to one of my records of old-time radio shows. Yes, this is what I need. Now here's Lothar Tuppen and Janet Dider as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. As we begin, the Bickersons are retired. Mrs. Bickerson lies tense and awake in the darkness as poor husband John, victim of a rare type of insomnia which keeps the patient in a complete lethargy for eight hours at a time, offers valid proof of his agonizing affliction. Listen. <laughs> oh, this has been going on since nine o'clock. <laughs> oh, please, not that again. John, quit it. Quit it, Blanche. <laughs> oh, John, there must be something that will put a stop to that hideous snoring. Why do you do it? Do, do what, Blanche? Snore. Huh? Snore. Okay. <laughs> John, I'm going out of my mind. For years you've been telling people you've got insomnia. And you not only sleep like a log, but you sound like you're sawing it. Very funny. It isn't funny, it's tragic. There's the clock again, two o'clock. I've counted that thing 45 times since we went to bed and I still haven't slept. So how do you expect to sleep if you're gonna lie there counting chimes? Throw the darn clock out. It's keeping me awake too. You wouldn't wake up if we had Big Ben in the room. Big Ben who? The house could fall down and you'd never know it. Oh, you know that's not true, Blanche. You know I'm a very light sleeper. Light sleeper. Hmm. About an hour ago, we had the worst thunderstorm I ever heard, and you never even budged. Why didn't you wake me? You know I can't sleep when it's thundering. I'm a nervous wreck. I've got crow's feet around my eyes. My forehead is all wrinkled. My chin is sagging. I'm beginning to look like an old hag. It's true, isn't it? I wouldn't say that. Why not, John? I'll be awake for the rest of the night. You do think it's true, though, don't you? What's true? That I'm beginning to look like an old hag. You're not beginning to look like an old hag. Why do you emphasize beginning? All right. You're not beginning to look like an old hag. Sounds even worse. Well, how do you want me to say it? Say I look beautiful. Okay. I look beautiful. Good night. I don't know how a man could be so cruel. Is it any wonder I'm getting old before my time? What time is it? It's after two o'clock and I haven't slept a wink. Well, go to sleep. You can't stand the sight of me, can you, John? I can stand it fine. Before we were married, you used to say such beautiful, poetic things. You don't anymore. Well, Blanche, how do you expect me to feel poetic at two in the morning? You used to feel that way at three o'clock before we were married. Say something poetic. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Oh, stop it. You're just trying to irritate me now. Well, what do you want me to say? You know what I want you to say. Okay. Blanche, 
When I look into your eyes, time stands still. Now are you satisfied? No. Well, why not? That might also mean that I have a face that would stop a clock. Well, if the shoe fits, wear it. I want to get some sleep. You're not going to make me believe I'm hideous and ugly, John Bickerson. It isn't so long ago I won a beauty contest in my hometown. Long enough. I never hear you tell any of your friends about it. Ah, oh, Blanche, a man can't go around telling his friends that his wife was Miss Clam Harbor Lighthouse of 1931. You make it sound as though I was the only girl in the contest. What about my sister Clara? What about it? You won it, didn't you? I'd like to hear you talk that way about Gloria Gooseby. Oh, uh, now don't start with Gloria Gooseby. The way you drool every time you look at her, you'd think she was Miss America. I don't drool when I see anybody. I hate Gloria Gooseby. Then why do you keep inviting her to dinner? I didn't invite her. You did. Don't change the subject. If it weren't for the fact that her husband Leo was such a nice person, I wouldn't have either of them in the house. And the dinner was awful. You cooked it, Blanche. Yes, the thought of that horrible Gloria Gooseby coming to dinner got me all confused, and I ruined everything. The minute I turned my back, the roast caught on fire, and I had to throw soup on it to put it out. You should have thrown that pie on it, too. There was nothing wrong with the pie. I hate lemon meringue, and you know it. It wasn't lemon meringue, it was apple pie. Well, what was that yellow stuff on top? The crust got burned, and I had to put some ungatine on it. Oh, thank heavens I didn't eat any. No. But your girlfriend stuffed herself with four pieces, the glutton. She's not my girlfriend. And quit talking about her so I can get some sleep. You wouldn't look at her twice if she didn't wear those brazen dresses. I would, too. I, I, I mean, I don't care what she wears. It's a shame Leo is such a little mouse. Believe me, if I were Gloria Gooseby's husband, I'd show her a thing or two. Mm. Someone should turn her over and give her a good spanking. Mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking, John Bickerson. I'm not thinking anything. Why won't you let me sleep, Blanche? I'm not going to stand for it much longer, John. Ugh. You keep putting on that innocent attitude, but you don't fool me. I wouldn't feel so bad, except I'm so sick I could die. What's the matter now? I'm sick. I get fainting spells all the time, and the doctor doesn't know what it is. I know I'll never recover. Oh, don't be silly. You'll recover. You've got a healthy constitution. I have not. You have to. You had pneumonia, and you got well. You had the flu, and you got well. You had the mumps and you got well. You've had 60 diseases and you always got well. I never saw such a healthy woman in all my life. Well, what about these fainting spells? You'll recover from those too. But if you ever get lockjaw, you'll bust. Why don't you faint now so I can sleep? Of all the unsympathetic, unfeeling wretches, if you ever lost me, it wouldn't mean a thing to you. Oh, wouldn't it, though? Well, you don't have to sound so eager. I'm not eager. I'm... Just sleepy. Good thing we don't have any children. I can just imagine what kind of a life a poor little child will have in this house. Hmm. To have a father who constantly raves and rants, selfish and thoughtless. A man who can't bear the sight of his own child. What are you talking about? Me sick in bed and the poor little infant crying in his crib. Crying his heart out for a little attention. Blanche! Why don't you feed the baby, John? John, why do you hate children so much? Because I can't bear them. I know, but why do you hate them? Blanche, all you want to do is keep me awake. Isn't that right? You'd have been asleep long ago if you hadn't kept me awake with your snoring. Well, can I help it if I snore? Yes, you can. Dr. Hershey tells me there's something wrong with your nasal passages. Yes. He says you have a deviated septum. Why don't you let him fix it? Okay. I'll get it fixed next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Let him fix it now. What? Go on. Get up and let the doctor pull out your septum. Blanche, are you out of your mind?
You think I'm going to let that broken down doctor hammer on my nose at 3 o'clock in the morning? He doesn't hammer on your nose, he chisels. You can say that again, I've seen his bills. Well, you're going to have to do something, as it is neither of us is getting any sleep. Why don't you have him saw off your ears? I wouldn't argue at all if you would be nice for a minute. You've been up to something again, Blanche. What is it? I haven't been up to anything. I just want to hear you tell me you love me. That's all. Oh, you know I do. You never say it. Oh, I say it all the time. Say it now. I love you. How much do you love me? How much do you need? Fifty dollars. Ah, now wait a minute. You promised me, John. I know, but I can't give you anything extra this month. That's what you told me last month. Well, I kept my word, didn't I? Now, what do you want fifty dollars for? The rent. Oh, the rent's right here. It's in the cookie jar. No, it isn't. Is too. I looked there yesterday. Didn't look today. What? Now, Blanche, don't tell me you spent the money on something foolish. Oh, no. I gave it to a bookbinder. A bookbinder? What do we need with a bookbinder? Our book is in fine condition. Not that kind of a bookbinder. This man goes to the racetrack. He's a trout. A trout? The racetrack? Blanche, did you bet that money with a bookmaker? Put the lights on. Now, don't get excited, John. He brought back the ticket. Here. Oh, a $50 win ticket. How could you take my hard-earned money and gamble it away on a horse? I work my fingers to the bone and you squander every penny I make. You never see me betting horses. I've never been to the racetrack in my life. I... What's the name of the horse? Malvino Rim. A bum. A worn-out goat that hasn't won a race in years. Ah, oh, Blanche. Why did you do it? Did he win? No, he ran second. Fifty dollars. Tossed away. Oh. Why are you tearing up the ticket, John? Because it's no good. I ought to make you eat the pieces. This is the worst thing you've ever done in your life, Blanche. At least you could have played him to place. Well, don't throw the pieces away, John. What makes you so sure it's no good? You played the horse to win, didn't you? Yes. And he ran second, didn't he? Yes. Well, then the ticket's worthless. Here, watch your $50 go out the window. There, I knew you had something on your mind. I'm sorry, John. Well, what's the difference? <sighs> who won the race? Do you know? Yes, I heard it on the radio. Well, who won it? Disqualified. Disqualified? Yes, the announcer said the winner of the race was disqualified. Oh, I wish I was dead. Good night, John. <laughs> I love the Bickersons. Oh, Blanche is such a hoot. Now here's Lothar Tuppen and Janet Dider as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons are retired. Poor husband John, a chronic insomniac and suffering from sluggers disease, struggles during an acute patch of the ailment, while Blanche Bickerson attempts to describe his symptoms over the phone to Dr. Hershey. Listen. This is worse than ever, Dr. Hershey. Can't you come over? Miss Bickerson, <sighs> it's almost three o'clock. I'm sure his condition is pretty good. I'll come over in the morning. But he might recover by morning. I wouldn't want that to happen. What? Wait a minute. I'll carry the phone into the bedroom and you can hear what John's going through. <laughs> hear that? I can't hear your husband on account of those fire engines. That's my husband. What? Incredible! Tell him to do it again. I don't have to. He will. 
Miss mm. Bickerson, there's only one thing. Just a minute, Doctor. Wait until I get the phone out of the room. Now, what were you saying? It's definitely a post-nasal condition, and that roaring indicates he's a mouth breather. Maybe, but John isn't breathing through his mouth. What makes you so sure? I taped it shut with plaster. That isn't wise, Miss Bickerson. I'd rather you tape his nostrils. It's less dangerous. I tried that last night. I think my husband snores through his pores. I'd give anything if you could cure him. There's only one course of treatment, but it's very expensive. It'll be $200 down and $25 a month for 11 months. Plus, charges for extras. Sounds like buying a new car. I am. Good night, Miss Bickerson. Good night, Dr. Hershey. Maybe John's quiet now. John! John, turn over on your side. Go on. John, stop making that silly noise. I forgot the adhesive tape. What's the matter with you, Blanche? Who taped up my mouth? I put it on to stop you from snoring. Oh, I never heard of such a thing. You had to go and tape up my mouth while I was just raising a mustache. Pulled out every hair. That's too bad. You've caused me enough suffering. I'd rather lose your mustache than lose my sleep. What's the matter with you, Blanche? What's the matter? I just can't stand it anymore, John. Night after night, I walk the floors and get into a state because you snore and brawl and snore and whine like a bulldozer. Uh. Is it any wonder I'm so irritable and ill-tempered? If Dr. Hershey won't encourage me and try to improve my nature and buoy me up, who will help me? Nature boy. Very funny. Oh, you're so funny, John. I'm not funny. I'm sleepy. And what about me? I haven't slept for so long, I'm a nervous wreck. I bury my head under the pillows to shut up your snoring, and when I get up every morning, I have a cramp in my collarbone. Uh, rub it with chicken fat. Rub it with chicken fat. You and your stupid remedies. What do you care what I go through? Uh, Blanche, put out the light. I will not. How would you like to go through life with a constant pain in the neck? Well, I took you for better or worse. And the worst is yet to come. That's right. Pile it on. Tell people I forced you into this marriage. Did I ever run after you? Blanche, I want to sleep. I did everything to deserve you, and you know it. Did I accept you the first time you proposed? No. Why not? Because you weren't there. Go on. You wouldn't have the nerve to propose to anybody else. You sure took advantage of my innocence and youth. Oh, don't give me that youth stuff. You were no spring chicken. I must have been, or I never would have picked up a worm like you. Why don't you let me go to sleep? It's a different story now, isn't it? Never a kind word, never a sign of affection, never a goodnight kiss. And to think you used to kiss me every time I turned around. I never kissed you when you turned around. I've been a trusting fool all these years. I should have known you don't love me. You never did. I did too. I mean I do too. You don't. You don't. You don't. Oh, Blanche, I love you. You're lying. Swear you love me. I hope I drown in a pool of bourbon if I'm lying. There's the answer to all our problems. You think more of a bottle of bourbon than you do of me. It's true, isn't it, John? What's true? You're in love with a bottle of bourbon. Oh, for heaven's sake. Go on, say it. I can stand the truth. Just give it to me straight. It's better with soda. Don't try and switch things around. You know you indulge in it more than what is absolutely necessary. No other wife would put up with a thing like that.
Now, just a minute, Blanche. I resent that. I don't care. You can accuse me of being selfish or inconsiderate or anything else, but drinking is not one of my failures. No, it's one of your few successes. That is not true. I don't drink more than any six men you know. Huh? Now, you pushed me into that. The only reason I use bourbon is because the doctor prescribed it. He said I would stop snoring if I took a jigger of bourbon and two aspirin before I went to bed at night. That's not what you do, though. It is. It is not. You're six months behind on the aspirin and two years ahead on the bourbon. Well, the aspirin gives me a headache. You'd better listen to me, John. We'd get along beautifully if you'd think of me once in a while. If there's an extra dollar in the house, it goes for your pleasure. Only two weeks ago, you had your life insured for $10,000. What about it? You're always thinking of yourself. My... Myself? Now, what kind of idiotic talk is that, Blanche? If I die, you get the 10000 You know perfectly well you have no intention of dying. You only got your life insured to tantalize me. I'll drop dead in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Blanche, what's the matter with you? Do you realize what you're saying? I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. That's okay, just calm down. Try to get some sleep. I can't sleep. I'm too upset. You can't stand the sight of me, can you, John? I can stand it fine. I'd like to hear you talk that way to Gloria Gooseby. Oh, uh, now don't start with Gloria Gooseby. Anybody could be pretty with the money she spends on clothes. Every time her husband wants a kiss, he has to buy her a dress. Believe me, you're lucky you've got a cheap wife like me. If you were married to Gloria Gooseby, you'd have to pay her for kisses. I'm not married to her, and I get them for nothing. And I hate Gloria Gooseby. I'm warning you, Blanche, if I ever hear you mention her name again, I'll... I'll... That's right, hit me, you've done everything else. Oh, for heaven's sake, Blanche, will you please put out the light? I have to get up so early in the morning. <sighs> Good night. Are you angry, John? No, I'm just sick. Do you hate me? You know I do. Ugh. I mean, I don't hate you, Blanche. What's the matter with you tonight? What have you done? I've been so upset. I forgot to give you something. It came for you yesterday. A letter? Special delivery and registered. It was addressed to you and marked strictly personal and private. Oh. What did it say? You needn't be so snide about it, John. I wouldn't have read it, but I accidentally steamed it open when I was pouring myself a cup of tea. Let me see it. You can read it in the morning. Go to sleep. I want to read it right now. Put the light on and give it to me. Oh, all right. Here it is. Oh, from the government. Good night, John. Mr. John Bickerson... Sir, in checking your return for 1946, we find you have overpaid your taxes. Enclosed, find a check for $76.50. Well, say, what a break. I... Blanche? Uh? Where's the check? Huh? Don't act sleepy now. What did you do with my $76? I bought a beautiful Yvonne handbag. It's sharkskin trimmed with snakeskin, and it matches my calfskin shoes. $76 for a sharkskin snake? Take it back. Take it back. Do you hear me? Stop screaming. How could you squander my hard-earned money like this? I deny myself everything. I've been cutting the scraps off your old garter belts and wearing them as bow ties. I had my feet sold in a blacksmith just to save on shoes. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just lick the label and stick my nose in the bottle. I don't spend a nickel on myself. You bought a new watch chain yesterday. What watch chain? The zipper came off my pants. You get that money back, you hear me? How can you do that, John? You didn't buy me anything for our anniversary. Can I keep it, please? No. Please? Oh, what's the use? Can I keep the bag, John? Oh, I slave and sweat to bring money and soul together. <sighs> Deprive myself of every tiny luxury to try and make both ends meet. 
It isn't worth it. One fatal swoop and she squanders two years' savings. What's a man got to live for? I wish I had the courage to. Maybe I will. Life means nothing anymore. It's the only thing to do. John? <sighs> oh, John. <laughs> you say it, but you won't do it. I love that. Now here are Lothar Tuppen and Janet Dider as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. After seven years of cycloid insomnia, or slugger's disease, John Bickerson is finally consented to allow Dr. Hershey to relieve his condition. In room 113 of the General Hospital, Mrs. Bickerson watches anxiously as a surgical nurse ministers to poor John who is suffering an attack the night before the operation. Listen. It's like being married to a steam shovel, nurse. Cough's normal. Enjoy yourself, dear. Dr. Hershey's waiting for you in the corridor, Mrs. Bickerson. Oh, hello, doctor. Is he resting? I gave him a sedative that'll quiet him down. Well, he isn't very quiet. Oh, well. Actually, I could have done the operation in my office. It's so trivial. He won't be in surgery over 15 minutes, and there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. Will it hurt him? Not in the slightest. All we do is take a stitch in his palate and shorten his uvula. I hate to bring this up now, Dr. Hershey, but how much will it cost? The fee will be $50 with the anesthetic. How much is it without the anesthetic? <sighs> oh, I should say about $40. Would there be any discomfort if he didn't have an anesthetic? Not for me there wouldn't, but I wouldn't advise the operation without it. And you're sure he'll be cured when you're through? Oh, practically certain. Well, it's almost midnight now. I'll do his case first about seven. He just needs a good night's rest. Well, I'll just stay a little longer. <sighs> well, good night. Call the floor nurse if you need anything. Oh, I will. I hope that pill's quieted him down. I'm sure that isn't doing him any good. John! John, wake up! What's the matter, Blanche? What's the matter? Uh, I, I put the cat out, I locked the window, I left a note for the milkman, I hung up the... John, we're in the hospital. What for? Somebody sick? No, you're going to have an operation. Dr. Hershey's going to shorten your uvula in the morning. Well, then what did you wake me up for? Well, you were snoring, and I was afraid you'd wear it off before you got a chance to operate. You've been snoring steadily for three hours. Don't you suppose I want to sleep, too? You're not sleeping here, are you? Yes, I am. It costs another five dollars to put another cot in the room, and I intend to use it. Where's my nightgown? I can't get one night's sleep, even in the hospital. I don't understand why you have to have an operation to cure your snoring. I didn't want it. You've been working on me for seven years to do it. I'm beginning to think it was a waste of money. I could have used that forty dollars. I'm still walking around in a short dress. <sighs> what are you beeping about? Tomorrow I'll be walking around in a short uvula. Don't be so crabby. I'm not crabby. I'm sleepy. Why don't you stop fiddling with that mirror and put out the lights? I have to get undressed, don't I? Well, take your dress off. Why are you plucking your eyebrows at this time of night? I'm not plucking my eyebrows. I'm taking off my false eyelashes. False eyelashes? I didn't know you had bald eyelids. My eyelids are not bald. It's just that my lashes are short, and they don't bring out my eyes. Lots of women use false eyelashes. Well, throw them away. You don't need anything to bring out your eyes. Really? 
Really, I'm satisfied with the way they bulge now. What kind of a remark is that? Oh, hurry up, Blanche. I'm groggy. Blanche, what on earth are you taking out of your hair? It's a rat. A what? A roll of false hair. I have to wear it for the new hairstyles. My own hair is too thin with a pompadour. Darn it, I can't get out of this dress. Blanche, what are those things? Don't be silly. Haven't you ever seen shoulder pads before? Oh, I never heard of such a thing. Your eyelashes are on the dresser, your hair is in the drawer, and your shoulders are on the chairs. What about it? That's you all over, Blanche. No one can think of more ways to spend money. Are you ready for bed now? Yes, dear, I'm ready for bed. Shall I crank yours up a little? No. Put out the lights. I wanted to glance at the paper first. You go to sleep. I can't sleep with the lights on. I left my sleep shade at home. Well, I won't be a minute. Oh, no one would believe this. In six hours, they're going to carve me to pieces, and I'm supposed to rest. And here I'm... Shush! I can't concentrate with you mumbling. <laughs> mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. There's certainly a lot of activity in Washington. What's all this tax reduction talk? Talk. Listen to what's... Blanche, I read the paper. Every word of it. Read it to yourself. Don't be so disagreeable. Dr. Hershey told me to keep you occupied so you wouldn't think about the operation. All I'm thinking about is sleep. That's a good boy. You mustn't get nervous. No. I see the stock market is going up. That's fine. We have some stock, haven't we? Didn't you get some stock last year? Ten shares. Kentucky Saltpeter Mines. Preferred stock. My brother got you in at the ground floor, didn't he? Where is it now? In the ground. I can't even find it listed on the stock page. Look in the help wanted column. Are you getting relaxed, dear? No, now I'm starting to get nervous. I'm worried about you, John. If anything happened to you on the operating table, it would be all my fault. So you know what I think? We'll sneak out, huh? No, I think you should make out a will. Make, make out a will? I thought you were worried about me. Well, you don't want to leave me at the mercies of all those grasping relatives of yours, do you? The minute you drop dead, they'll- Don't talk like that. Get can't you say pass on or something like that? Well, you always say drop dead. It's only when I'm talking to your brother. You could be a little more delicate when you're discussing wills. Why? Because you make it sound like I'm going to go any minute. Well, they don't give you two weeks' notice, you know. Every man should make out a will. Okay, I'll make it out tomorrow. You say it, but you won't do it. Get up and do it now. What? Go on, get up and make out a will. What? You're out of your mind. In the first place, a will isn't legal unless you have two witnesses. And in second place, I haven't got anything to leave in the first place. Nobody's going to take anything, and I don't need a will. You're the most stubborn man that ever lived, John. Why? Why am I stubborn? It's the hardest thing in the world to make you admit I'm right when you know I'm wrong. There's a woman's logic for you. Suppose I do make out a will, and nobody can touch anything besides you. Okay, so now you know you've got my worldly goods. First thing you know, you'll get over your grief and marry a guy without a dollar to his name. Like that broken-down snore specialist, Dr. Hershey. Oh, I'm not going to marry anybody. He'll give up his practice and take you for every penny. My hard-earned money. He'll drive around my brand-new car, drink my bourbon, loaf around like the French never do a day's work. Why don't you make the bum get a job, Blanche? Enough screaming like that. Hush up and go to sleep. Shush, go to sleep, she tells me. I'm a nervous wreck. She practically talks me into a funeral, marries a doctor behind my back, and now she tells me to go to sleep. <sighs> I'll never sleep. I'll never sleep another wink as long as I... John, the telephone. The telephone, answer it. Ah, uh, who... No. Who the dickens is calling? 
who moved the phone? Blanche? What'd you get up for? It's right on the night table by your bed. Uh, I thought I was... Hello? Mrs. Reams, this is the maternity nurse. You can get ready now. I'm bringing your baby in. What? Blanche, how long have I been here? Isn't this 413? I don't know what this is, but I'm not feeding any babies. Oh, way to run a hospital. It's just a mistake, John. Oh, I shouldn't have fallen for this operation deal. I could be so comfortable at home in my own bed. One of us should have stayed there. What for? How do you know a prowler won't break in? I left a whole bottle of bourbon on the dresser. Nobody will break in. The turkey would gobble and scare him away. The turkey would gobble. I just can't... Wait, turkey? What turkey? Well, I was going to surprise you. I want a turkey and a raffle, John. You got a live turkey running around the house. He isn't running around. I've got him tied on your bed. On my bed? What'd you do that for? He'll have the whole thing full of feathers. What do we do with a live turkey? Well, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, John, and I thought you'd murder him for dinner. I'm not going to murder any turkeys. But if he lays a beak on my bourbon, I'll chop his head off. Blanche, you're the most impossible woman that ever lived. Oh, I'm sorry, John. I guess everything I do is wrong. I'll go home and put the turkey out. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Never mind. I, I didn't mean to holler. Let's go to sleep so I can feel good for the operation. I don't think I want you to have it. It's the least I can do for you. Kept you awake all these years with my snoring. And when Dr. Hershey gets through with me, I'll be as quiet as a mouse. Well, if you stop snoring, I'll never wake you up, will I? No. And if I don't wake you up, we won't fight, will we? That's right. Well, that settles it. I'm not going to let him operate, John. Why not? It's the only chance I get to talk to you. Come on home. I oh, give up. Hello, sweetheart. No, I know you're working late. I was just thinking that I should meet you at your work when you're done and take you out to dinner to your favorite restaurant. No special occasion. I was just thinking how lucky we are. How much I love you. And how much I would like to have a nice dinner with my wife tonight. Great. See you soon, my love. This has been a Broken Sea Audio Productions recreation of three episodes of the old-time radio show, The Bickersons. Bill Holweg played Dr. Hershey. All other voices by Janet Dider and Lothar Tuppen. Sound design, direction, and mastering by Lothar Tuppen. Music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. And thanks to Jack and David of the Sonic Society for inviting us to this lovely summer stock season. To all you lovers out there, have a great summer.
this week's performance for Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I am your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. This is Jack Ward from the Mutual Audio Network and from all of us here, the entire United Artists of Audio, I want to thank everyone who has supported us. Listeners and producers, writers and actors, musicians and graphic artists who make audio drama and audio fiction. You inspire us all. And thanks for making a home here on Mutual, where we listen and imagine together.